Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Don Ecker returns once again as our guest co-host. Welcome back, Don. Filled with fun and excitement. Absolutely. Oh, we know you are. And last week we really had a fabulous show where Reverend Dr. Barry Downing joined us. And he presented an interesting combination of religious figure, minister, and scientist. Which is actually quite an unusual combination, Gene. Indeed it is. And because you have the situation here where sometimes there's a disconnect in perspectives between the person who is dealing with one's religion and the person who's dealing with science. Even though you hope they kind of work together in the end, sometimes or quite often there are differences. And among the people interested in ancient astronauts, the reverend is very unusual in that way. And that's why our discussion was quite unusual. Today we welcome someone you must remember from the forums, Ben Moss, and he's been talking a lot about the work of Ray Stanford, also about Saqqara, New Mexico. Tony, have you worked with Ben on both those things? It's That's Tony Angiola, by the way. That's right. Yeah, Ben and I, we do a lot of work together um, on UFO cases, so uh, we've been working with Ray uh, for years now. How did you first encounter Ray Stanford? Well, it was interesting. Um, actually, he reached out to us uh, through Jan Harzan at MUFON because uh, of an article that Ben and I put together as we were searching for some lost Sakura footage. And so basically, Jan Harzan put us together since Ray was in- inquiring about that. So what was the end result? What did you get? Well, Ben, you want to pick it up on that? It was funny because we were looking for this footage and we ran into James Fox at the symposium when he was working on his movie 701, which is now another name. But he had talked about Socorro and I thought he was going to share this footage that I'd seen. So we looked for this footage, which was on the TV show Sightings, and found it. And it's, uh, you know, it was really hard to find. It was a cover story at the Buffon Journal, if you ever want to follow up. But uh, we found it. And then we were put in touch with Ray, and then I knew Ray was the investigator on the case, invited by Heineck in 64, but didn't know much else about him. And then we just got um, brought into the world of Ray, which has been an interesting, very eye-opening experience, uh, because Ray you know, a fascinating man. If you could fall through the rabbit hole, <laughs> really, that's what's happened uh, with Ray, because when we first met him, we really weren't sure what to make of him until we saw his house and all of his discoveries and paleontological adventures that he's had. And, and now he is actually, uh, you know, with Goddard displaying his greatest discovery, uh, which is a whole other ball of wax. But he has he's a man of many talents. Of course, our listeners have heard Ray Stanford a number of times on the show. And he's always a fascinating guest, somebody who can be a little unpredictable. Sometimes, you know, he makes sure that you understand what his position is on an issue. I think the thing that we all hope here is that eventually he's going to find a way to just present his information to the general public and not just a specifically selected group. Well, that's been the main problem for many years and why Ray has many critics, because this uh, information that he's been withholding. Now, people like Chris O'Brien have seen it and uh, has stated the amazing uh, nature of it, but very few others. I've never truly understood 
Gene, why he's withholding it. Well, you know, Ben and I, we've been looking at all of his data for some time now, and uh, we feel like the privileged few. And it's challenging to explain, even over the radio, how amazing it is. And it's unfortunate we just can't bring everyone into his the living room to see the same the same thing that we're seeing, but I think eventually it will come out. Then, what do you think? It's one of those things where it's Ray's decision, it's Ray's material. You know, it's uh, it's all up to Ray for that. But you know, we're good friends with Chris O'Brien. You know, we've seen the same thing he's seen, and you know, it's just <laughs> I, without going into much detail. It I would really like to see it out in the public because it is uh, it's far beyond any of these videos that that didn't really come from the Pentagon recently. But, um, you know, it's just something that if it comes out, it comes out. If not, it's a, it's a shame. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. I hope, of course, eventually that we are going to see it. And I don't have an opportunity to go to the Washington, D.C. area to look them up. That would be fun if we could do something like that. But I wanted to ask you, gentlemen, what can you tell us about Ray Stanford that, most people who are listening to the Paracast maybe do not realize. Well, the first thing I would say is don't believe all that you see on the Internet. Uh, he has had quite a challenging, I guess, career in social media uh, with, you know, the, his, his pundits, if you will, or people that just, uh, you know. Trolls. <laughs> yeah, like trolls, pretty much. Ray, the reason he has such a select few people um, chosen to look at his data is because I guess he doesn't suffer fools, for one. And secondly, he wants to speak to people who he thinks will understand what he's going to show them. I don't know why he thought we were in that category. <laughs> it's usually physicists and scientists and you know people from aerospace uh, companies uh, that they have seen him if you think. But you know, it's just uh, the thing that I would add to that about Ray is he's a very intelligent guy. He speaks four or five languages. He has these great stories about everybody in the field. We've heard stories about Dan Fry, Phil Class. Um, his, we found his episode. This, this was hard, but we found his episode when he was on the Phil Donahue show. Um, when we thought we were trying to figure out if Heineck stole a rock that he brought onto the show, which was a real unusual rock, but it disappeared after the show, and Heineck had a case with him. It's a very interesting story. So. Um, it's one of those things where, as you really do get to know Ray, you realize he's a very intelligent Renaissance-type guy. And, uh, you know, his discovery of God, which is all over all the national news, is an example of how observant he is. And, and if you take those skills and observant, uh, of observancy and then apply it to UFO research and the fact that he seems to know when to be in the right place at the right time to, to see this stuff, then you can understand from the discoveries he's made by looking down that he was just as adept at it as looking up. Now, obviously, a major case that puts him on the map is Sicaro, New Mexico. He was, you know, one of the chief civilian investigators of that case. And you told me before we started, guys, that you were working on this for the past, what, four years? Yeah, four years now. Now, as you know, Kevin D. Randall wrote a book on Sakara where he took kind of a look at it as a cold case. This is in the spirit of what he did with Roswell in the 21st century, where he took Roswell and looked at the reality of the case and items there that maybe needed to be reconsidered. So in looking at Sakara, is there anything there 
that you think is different than what might have been expected of it before? Well, Kevin, we were on Kevin's show, and I mentioned that Socorro was a multiple witness case, and he didn't know that. And that's what caused him to write the book. I think he gave us some kudos in his book, but uh, we shared a lot of our data with him that came from the the, uh, Project Blue Book files that actually weren't in Project Blue Book that were bought on Craigslist by, it turns out, was the son of one of Project Blue Book's um, principal investigators. So when you look at that case, and I've seen some some uh, blogs lately talk about it being a hoax, um, there's just, as we've investigated this case, it's, re- it's easier to prove that something very unusual happened than it is to prove a hoax, because there's just too many parts to it that don't add up if you're saying that college students, you know, flew a balloon in the air. That is just, there's just no way, I, I would try to, if it was a hoax, I'd love to figure it out, but there's just uh, too much evidence in this case, especially from Ray's work and then stuff that we've seen recently, that um, caused me to believe that it, it happened at exactly as Lonnie Zamora described it. We have a lot more to come. We're going to talk about their reinvestigation of Sakara, New Mexico, correcting the myths about that. Tony Angiola, Ben Moss, our guest co-host is Don Ecker. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. See why our homegrown small business at sunny-bay.com has tried to help people just like you. Get your Sunny Bay heating pads at sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Or call 253-678-1361. For hot and cold therapy, sunny-bay.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, 
get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST33 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-33 to 443-443. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we've got Don Ecker's guest co-host this week, Tony Angiola and Ben Moss. And we can, of course, switch the names around. We're talking about Saqqara, New Mexico, and about their friendship and encounters with the one, the only, Ray Stanford. Let's encounter this before we go on. We've got the PowerCast Plus. The PowerCast Plus is a version of the show without the network ads. It includes the After the PowerCast podcast and other goodies. To learn more, you go to plus.thepowercast.com, plus.thepowercast.com. And you'll get the basic information on how to subscribe. It costs as low as $1.49 a week. Our price, cheap. Don, you want to pick up on a question? Yeah. Ben and Tony, uh, I guess I've been friends with Tracy Torme for over 25 years. And he, of course, was uh, the co-producer along with James Fox on uh, their film project, 701. Now, one of the uh, things that I spoke with Torme the last time I talked to him, uh, before he became ill, and hopefully uh, Tracy is on the men now, but uh, he was extremely interested in the Socorro case and uh, had done a lot of research on that. And what I wanted to ask you, uh, do you guys, were you aware of that? Do you know Torme? And uh, how does that figure in with with Ray's research into this case? To begin with, um, we met both of them, uh, him and uh, James Fox in uh, New Jersey, the symposium for MUFON. And um, we know that James was going to put a Socorro piece in his movie, and I think it's about 20 minutes of the movie. It's a pretty good significant, because of the significance of the case, 
James is probably going to say the same thing that we'll say about the symbol, but um, as uh, Tony can fill in, Ray takes meticulous notes as investigations. And he drew the symbol at the time as described. What's very interesting was you have all the recordings of when they talked about the symbol to Heineck and to Lonnie, and Heineck does describe it as an inverted V, whereas Lonnie says, I can't talk about it. And he says that right after he talked to the FBI agent. But Tony can fill in more. Yeah, well, you know, the one thing that made us get really excited about the symbol, because for the, lo- for the longest time, we didn't care about the symbol. What we cared about was that something amazing happened, and it's undeniable. But there was so much contention behind the symbol, and in my opinion, still, it's not that important. But Ray drew the symbol exactly how Lonnie described it to him. And that's the inverted V with the three three bars through it. And he made two variations, both of which are look nothing like the advertised, you know, umbrella with the arrow and all that stuff that Lonnie signed. Uh, it's not something that Lonnie would do, uh, being the kind of police officer and person that he was. But he did it for his country is is what it is. And the reason was that the FBI was trying to see if there were any hoaxers or people calling and saying that they saw the same thing. If they had described the inverted V with the three bars through it, they would know that it was legitimate. The fact that so much time has gone by and Dick Hall from NICAP was saying that it was the advertised you know, symbol and many people were believing that. But the fact is, is that Lonnie uh, described it as an inverted V with three bars through it in Spanish to Martinez, the dispatcher on the radio. And that's what he described to Ray. So, and the fact that Ray drew it at the time that Lonnie described it in his notebook, there's no question about it in my mind. But and the other thing is that Lonnie was as close as 35 to 38 feet from the craft. He had a really good look at it. What was it, like a five by five? Two to, two to three feet tall. Yes, two to three feet tall. You're, you're going to see that plain as day. And he had his glasses on. Uh, the only time he mentions losing his glasses is after the craft lifts off the ground and he thought it was going to explode and he laid prone on the ground and then he ran you know, by his car and he hit his leg and his glasses fell off. But we can get into that stuff later. Did anybody have any idea what those symbols may have represented? Did... Uh, Ray Stanford have any idea or anybody else you talked to about that? Even speculation. Well, I remember Googling the heck out of it. And I tried to find any symbol like that anywhere in the literature or in UFOs or in symbology or whatever. There's an alchemy symbol that's close to it. But I told Ray that after Googling all these symbols, that my impression says it was in the center of the craft and apparently where the thruster was underneath this ellipsoid-shaped craft, that the symbol might actually represent, uh, the V represented the flame where the engine's located. The three bars symbolize a form of radiation or heat, and it basically was a, a warning sign, like, you know, don't stand behind a truck or something. He thought that was a pretty good idea, but, you know, at this point, it's all speculation as to what it actually means. If you Google radiation symbols, it's pretty close. There are triangles with three different objects in it uh, simulating a wave. So, um, you know, could be close. Let me ask you a silly question based on what you said. And I'm not saying that the Sakaro craft was anything that was not unusual. What if it was a test aircraft of some kind, a test of some kind of nuclear-powered system. Well, a lot of speculation on that and as far as, you know, it could have been the lunar lander, it, that the timing was off for that. It had an engine that, that had to be rebuilt. It didn't make sense for them to land it in Socorro's backyard, you know, from even White Sands. Uh, they speculated, you know, balloons and all kinds of test aircraft. We don't have anything today like it. 
So I can't imagine there being test aircraft back then that had those characteristics. Yeah, we, we've done a pretty deep dug on this, and um, there's documents that we have that is on the Internet now, but and on our website, uh, MoveOnVA.com. But there's documents showing that they asked Bell Labs, uh, Hughes Aircraft, uh, the, the Air Force. They have letters to every agency asking if their craft was theirs. And Hector Quintanilla, the head of Blue Book, got a type of secret clearance to go to any facility, and he, in his book, said he thought he was going to find this craft in a hangar somewhere. He didn't find anything like it. And he was frustrated to the end. You know, he, he says it wasn't anything unusual, but he also says that's the one case that frustrated him. So we have uh, documentation showing that every single person, or rather company, that could have built a vehicle like that was contacted because the uh, FBI was involved, and the White House Joint Chiefs of Staff was asking what's going on. We have all that documented. And none of these guys came back and said it was one of ours. Um, it wasn't a black project. And it was way off base. And if you've been to the area, we're actually going back in two weeks, but we've been there before. There's nothing out there. There's still nothing out there. It's, it's a pretty off. It's a good place to land if you need to fix something because you wouldn't be seen uh, unless you just happen to catch the eye of maybe a policeman. You know, speaking of the Socorro case, Back in the early to mid-1990s, I interviewed Phil Class actually a couple of times on my then radio show that I was broadcasting over uh, the cable radio network called UFOs Tonight. And this was one of the cases that uh, I ended up speaking to Class about. Now, Class had a very, shall we say, unusual attempt to... to uh, explain this case away by suggesting that this whole thing was a combination of a hoax put together by Lonnie Zamora, the mayor there at the town, in order to, uh, and this, I'm giving you the short version, in order to get uh, tourists out there. You know, before we find out about making Sakaro a tourist trap, let's do a break. Ben, Tony... Don, Gene, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillard.com. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? 
a medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science, then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralizing the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Bitcoin is losing crypto market share to other digital currencies. Bitcoin's astronomical rise has led to the creation of numerous competitors like Ethereum, Ripple, and Litecoin, which have also seen massive gains in value. According to Quartz, Bitcoin made up 85% of the crypto market one year ago, and today it has fallen to 36%. Remember, the only way to win in the casino is to take chips off the table. Call Miles Franklin at 866-485-4346 and let us show you how to quickly turn your Bitcoin into the 5,000-year-old safety of precious metals. Miles Franklin can quickly convert your Bitcoin to precious metals with one phone call at 866-485-4346. That's Miles Franklin celebrating our 29th year in business without ever receiving a customer complaint. Call us at 866-485-4346. Fast, easy, safe, and convert your Bitcoin into gold with one phone call. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Ben Moss, Tony Angiola. Guest co-host is Don Ecker. I'm Gene Steinberg. And as you were saying, Don, looking into the possibility here, a typical skeptical debunker right class. exactly where they come up with something outrageous that they want to make this into another Roswell, New Mexico, I suppose, into a tourist trap. Now, I understand Socorro, New Mexico is really a pretty small town, isn't it? Yeah. Very small. That, the whole tourist thing is, is another one of those tall tales because the property wasn't owned by who full class said it was. It wasn't owned by the mayor. It was owned by somebody else. And we actually contact the owner every time we go on site to make sure it's okay. 
But there's nothing out there. They built that monument that every time you go look at it, uh, which is about a mile away from the landing site, you have to clear the tumbleweeds off of it. You know, they never made any money. They never had a conference. It's really a small town. But I tell you, the best thing that happened when we went there was they got the best burgers you've ever eaten. And steak. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was excellent. I still remember that burger. Now, for those who don't know their geography, Sicaro, New Mexico, what's it near? Nothing. Albuquerque. It's near Albuquerque. <laughs> White Sands Base. Yeah, White Sands is near there. The Perlite Mills, which is, uh, you know, where this craft was described as going to is is an off-limits Army sealed base, which is pretty interesting and has been for some time. But we got a lot of other people that we got information from that had encounters with Lonnie and were around at that time that have pretty much solidified that this was an unusual event. What's more is that the thing that many people don't, understand or realize is that this craft and others like it were seen well before this this event occurred and well after as well as all over the world including germany italy france yeah there's a white egg-shaped object that supposedly landed at hollerman there was one that was on the road uh, on a road this was all in the same time frame uh which two policemen witnessed uh two military men witnessed the one at hollerman although it was a bigger object. And then there was a jet pilot aircraft where the guy said he saw an ellipsoid shape with a symbol on it also. Um, it's just hard to get a lot of detail on, on some of the reports, but we've run into a lot of people that tell some interesting stories. It's just that, you know, when you try to pen this on a student hoax and you reference the Colgate letter and all of that about students doing it, I just don't see any way they could have pulled it off. There's have a lot of things... Anyone that never took credit for a hoax. Yeah, that's the thing. If a college student had done this, they would have eventually had to tell somebody and everybody would know about it. But it's still supposedly a big secret as to who these guys are. We tried to interview them. We were told one was in the hospital and one had left town and neither one of them would talk to us. And the general feeling of the townspeople of Socorro was that they were just trying to get their 15 minutes of fame and they really didn't have anything to do with it. You see, that's the biggest thing that when people say oh, it was a hoax, and they mentioned this college professor and these students and all this stuff. There's no way that hoax would have lasted more than five minutes without somebody saying, ha, 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 look what we did. And not 50 years later or something where nobody ever said anything. And the event actually was like three minutes <laughs> yeah, it was two minutes, 54 seconds. Yeah. Like, but, you know, that's yeah, a, lot of work for that's a good point. Sessions. Well, I was thinking of the time it would take after it was done to disclose it to somebody. Hey, look what we did. They made this big story. Wow, gosh, golly, gee whiz. You know, college students are not going to keep a secret for 50 years. Now, first beer party and they'd be spilling beans. <laughs> the biggest hoax, hoax theory about this, Ben, is what? That it's called a hoax. That's the biggest hoax theory I, I could say. It's interesting because I've argued with several people in blogs and through emails that tell me that it was the, a balloon towed by a car, a balloon set up with a candle in it. And, you know, this object went into a 35-mile-an-hour wind. We have the weather data from that time in the direction of the stiff wind. And we have footage when we were there. It was the exact same weather. We were there, I think, it's April 24th, which is the same day. And the wind is very stiff there. Plus, there's nowhere to hide. It's a gully, but you can't hide for, what, 300 yards in any direction. And there were no footprints. Holder's on films. Captain Holder was the Blue Book investigator, and he's on film saying, look, there were no footprints there. We didn't find any evidence of pyrotechnics. 
that the creosite bush that got burned in half by the flame, it takes a couple thousand degrees to uh, fry a resin-filled bush like that in, in, in two seconds, which I guess the flame played on it for a couple of seconds. But there's a lot of evidence there that it, it couldn't have been hoax. There's a lot of evidence that it was an unusual event. The indentations were estimated to have been caused by a nine-ton vehicle. Um, you have to also know that Lonnie, as he was chasing the speeder, he saw an object go over him that made him turn right. You turn right into the desert at this point, and then, right. yeah, and then eventually left. But um, how did that? How did that happen? You know, how did they get a blue flame to cross over the police car? I just don't know of a balloon that can go into a thirty-five mile an hour wind and reach supersonic speed within minutes. <laughs> right. It's just, and not only that, but you know, we can even talk about the, the rock sample that was broken by the landing pad. That's actually been tested at Goddard. It had a very unusual assembly, even though the zinc iron alloy wasn't, you know, completely unusual, but it was very pure and it was bound together in a strange way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's just too much evidence that, you know, because when we do investigations, the first thing you try to do is prove it's it's something other than what it, people claim it to be. And 99% of the time, that's the case. It's, you know, a conjunction of planets. It's a, you know, it's a display of strobe lights in the sky. But Everything we dig up on Socorro, and especially everything that Ray covered, seems to be accurate. I've talked to Lonnie's daughter and asked her if it was true that when she asked Lonnie what actually happened in the desert, that he pointed to Ray Stanford's book and said, that's the only guy that got it right. And I asked her that, and she confirmed that that's exactly what she said. And so Ray's book, uh, Socorro Salsa the Pentagon Pantry, is a great way to catch up on this case. It's come out in the public a lot lately because it, it's one of the top ten cases in the United States of a close encounter of the third kind. You know what? Something hit me as you were talking. There were cases around the same time frame with a similar type of craft, given right. you know the range of human error. What about subsequent years? Oh, it's it's been spotted even today. There's all kinds of cases that we're seeing that are ellipsoid craft. We're not seeing the, the granular detail that we would expect, like someone saying, I saw a red symbol, et cetera. I saw landing pads you know, or landing gear come out. The ellipsoidal, um, illumin- self-illuminant you know, object, blue flame, is still being seen. Usually white. Not, yeah, usually usually it's just, right. And it's not just white. It's kind of a pearl. He described it as being very glistening, you know, kind of like a pearl in a way, and like almost plasma in some, some, some ways, not necessarily metallic. Yeah, we're still seeing those today. Yeah, there's just uh, – here's another thing. Uh, while Ray was there, um, there, Sergeant Chavez didn't like Ray at all, didn't like any civilian investigators there. But the police officers uh, conferred to Ray that they had seen the object um, before and after this event. Before, not that well, but after, there was apparently a landing by the reservoir. And, you know, when asked if they would ever talk about it, they said, tell me, you know, look at the way Lonnie's being treated. We'll never open our mouths, even if that thing lands on our house or something. But so That's another another point, Ben, is that, is that Lonnie's life was not bettered by this entire event. Yeah, he, he, his, it was a tough thing for him. He had wished he'd never seen it. And Lonnie, everybody, I think, believes that Lonnie said exactly what he thinks happened. He didn't make anything up. And. And there's just, uh, it's tough to investigate something from 1964, but there are, you know, these little pieces that have come out that seem to point to it being, I just call it a non-human event. I I can't say anything beyond that because I couldn't tell you what it was, but it it sure was a technology that I I still don't think we have today of of a blue flame that causes radiation. 
hours after the event, but the next day that radiation's gone. We do have Heineck on film that when he was talking with Ray, saying that the film was indeed followed by radiation. So there's kind of a confirmation that that was true. Uh, and I don't think any hoaxers could be able to make radiation appear for six hours and then disappear from the site. Guys, we'll talk about the radiation in a moment. We've got some more fascinating discussions as we look again at the Sakara, New Mexico case and other cases that might involve radiation. We have Ben, Tony, Don, and Gene. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, 
$1,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So guys, I was thinking about the radiation here, and you mentioned that it was there and then it wasn't. Nothing like the Cash Landrum case from, what, 1980? where people suffered basically permanent or enduring damage, physical damage, because of possible radiation exposure. You Obviously know, Cash- a different kind of radiation. Right. I always thought that Cash Landrum case uh, was more of our technology, perhaps, you know, we reverse engineer something because it was escorted by helicopters. There's a lot of sightings of that. And possibly that radiation was very ionizing and harmful. Uh, it's very possible that it, it was, you know, our, you know, Earth human error, you know, trying to get it right. Because what we think happened with the Socorro case, that blue flame that knifed into the ground was more of a subatomic particle release of energy, if you will, which is how the molecules were accelerated so quickly in that creosite bush that normally takes, what was the temperature? A couple of thousand degrees. A couple of thousand degrees. Cook it like that. that oh. Right, and so, um, and not only that, but when we were there at ground zero where that flame knifed into the, into the ground, we noticed that the, the sand in that area seemed to be of a different texture, kind of more baby powdery, if you will, than the other dirt surrounding it. And no matter how much you dig into that you know, particular area, it's, it's the same consistency. But we're going to bring some of that sample back this time, get a couple of samples, just to, just to you know, see what different kind of soil samples we can get. Let me take a detour here. Uh, I'm originally from the East Coast. I'm from central western Pennsylvania. And in 1966, I had a, uh, an, actually an extraordinary sighting uh, above the Horseshoe Curve, which is in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Now, I had an interest in this topic growing up. And of course, one of the big things that came out of the Hillsdale, Michigan sighting was the Condon Committee, which was put together at the University of Colorado. And when that book came out, the conclusion where the whole thing, even though over 30% of all the cases had never been explained or solved, basically the Air Force used that to shut the whole UFO thing down in the public venue, period. Okay. Now, when I came back from the army i became a police officer 
And one of the things that I discovered after coming back, and it was shocking, and as a matter of fact, this uh, case was even reported then in the MUFON Journal, going uh, this is in the, I guess, the mid-70s, a uh, woman traveling between, I believe it was Bellwood, Pennsylvania, and Altoona, whose husband was a local police chief, was run off the road, okay, by a low-flying UFO. Now, this was one of the things that really excited my curiosity. Now, that whole area back east where you guys are now, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, have been an absolute hotbed for decades of unusual lights and even creature reports. Where are you guys today on any investigations or anything, taking that basically to task? Uh, Well, we get a lot of cases in Virginia, um, sometimes pretty interesting. But, you know, up in Pennsylvania, I've got to admit, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens there. As far as there being a Bigfoot or something, you know, from all the evidence I've seen, there's probably some species of ancient man or gigantopithecus or something that is wandering around out there and it's it's so smart that's why we can't find it i i I remember that one of the great climbers um sir hillary or somebody said that he had seen the thing he said he he knew why we couldn't find it they could smell you three miles away but he had encountered it on on mount everest um whatever species that may be right there's a lot going on around here we of course through mufon only investigate Virginia, but there are cases that we look at outside, you know, on our own. Um, I think that part of the issue here is that we have um, a lot of military bases. There's a ton of military bases around here, you know, Fort Belvoir, you have Norfolk Naval Station, you have uh, Washington, D.C., and all the things that fly around Washington, D.C., and the Pentagon. So um, there's a lot of things flying around that people report as UFOs that are military, probably, or ours, so we have to kind of take it with a grain of salt that a lot of reports may not be that accurate. It's it's hard to really get really great reports that you can get on site and, and get some good data. Um, we're basically trying to get our own data by going out and just trying to catch things a la, you know, the way Ray Stanford did it, just being in the right place at the right time with the right equipment and see what you can catch. Um, where we go out into Arizona and Socorro in that area, 66 West is probably one of the most legendary roads you can go down because you have all these places from Socorro to Scottsdale, you know, Daytel and Magdalena and all these places that seem to have a UFO history. Um, it's very interesting. Um, there's, there's so much going on around here. It's just that we have daytime jobs and it's tough to squeeze in the investigations, which are all out of pocket. Um, but, you know, it's a passion for us. So, any great cases we see, we try to tackle. Okay. Do you have any speculation on why that part of the United States and on the states that I mentioned, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, why there's such a hotbed of sightings? And there are enough unusual cases that uh, would would blow away the possibility that all of these are military aircraft. Um, well, there uh, a friend of ours, Cheryl Costa, who wrote a really um, excellent book. Which man, I wish I could remember the title. It was a compilation of UFO sightings 
uh, I believe, in all the states. Um, but she was doing, when she was researching for that book, uh, she's basically in New York. Uh, there, She was asking, she was looking for a correlation in UFO sightings, and I suggested that after first suggesting military bases and, and bodies of water, I said, why don't you see if it correlates with ancient Indian sacred places or places that were renowned by our ancient culture you know, the, of the Indians. And it correlated really well. And so that told me that maybe the cultures, uh, the Indian culture that was here before us, when a ground was sacred, it was maybe because of a reason that they were seeing things or unusual things were happening. And it could be because there's so much metal or you know iron in the ground that you get some type of electricity, or it, it could be other things. But it just seemed to be a weird correlation that you have in places that are, are sacred and have a history of unusual things that you also have sightings of creatures and UFOs. So the correlation is there that maybe ancient cultures recognize certain areas, call them sacred, because a lot of weird stuff goes on. Well, of course, one of the trail breakers of that entire genre going back to the 60s and the 70s was John Keel, legendary author, writer, lecturer. Uh, Keel had, if you believe what he wrote in the Mothman Prophecies, some extraordinary encounters and uh, incidents down in the area of West Virginia and Ohio. Did you guys ever follow in any of his footprints out of curiosity? Um. Not me, I don't know. I mean, we both read the book on, on the Mothman Prophecies, but I've been in that area a lot, Harper's Ferry area, and where they spotted the Mothman. Pleasant yeah, and uh, where they were before the bridge collapsed and all that sort of stuff. And I really have no explanation for that. That's one of those things, you know, you can't be an expert in everything. Uh, we, we both, Ben and I both try to stick to the scientific side of things in the sky, but, you know, we have friends that are really into uh, chasing Bigfoot and whatnot, so we always defer to them, but it's really interesting. I don't know what to make of Mothman. What do you think? Well, Keel was an interesting guy, and you don't know how much was kind of made up or embellished and how much was actual actually happened, because he talks about everything from men in black to um, uh, creatures and UFOs and this giant moth creature that um, was 10 feet tall. I, I saw the test they did on TV, which was interesting, because if you're driving a car and you drive by an owl, you might think it's six feet tall. Um, but West Virginia is another one of those states that just has a you know interesting history, has a lot of um, undeveloped areas there, a lot of forests and things that, you know, who knows what's in those forests. But I, I don't know if Keel was on the keel, so to speak, about what he was writing about. So I take some of it with a grain of salt. It's great writing. I, I really like it. But I just don't know if a lot of that stuff is, is just stories. The thing with Mothman is it was a real case. It's not something that Keel invented. On the other hand, Keel did have a tendency to over-dramatize some of his cases and portray the paranoiac aspect of something. And that's another story, such as Men in Black. We've got more to come with... Tony, Ben, Gene, and Don, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're having a great time here, fascinating discussion with our two guests, Tony Angela and Ben Moss. And of course, we started talking about Sicaro, and we're into John Keel now. I knew John Keel in the, over the years, from the time he showed up as a writer for, I don't know, Playboy, one of those magazines, and he entered the offices of Jim Mosley at Saucer News in the mid-60s. And I didn't expect him being anything more than a freelance writer looking for a story, and I didn't realize all this other stuff was going to come from him. He also had this amazingly wacky sense of humor but he got really crotchety in his old age well he was ill yes that was that was the big problem he he was suffering with diabetes and uh his vision was affected and i can remember in 1991 i called john up i i was friends out here in la uh with somebody that was looking to uh, purchase some property, uh, and I'm talking about literary property, and uh, possibly produce a, uh, a film, I called John up, introduced him to uh, this gentleman. My friend started talking to Keel about the possibility of acquiring the rights to uh, 
Mothman prophecies. Uh, my my buddy thought this might make a heck of a uh, a film project, and I was kind of shocked because John Keel could not have been any less interested in the whole thing. So <laughs> he just kind of blew it off. And and later, my buddy looked at me and he said, "Well, I guess he didn't want to sell it." And that was the bottom line. Later, of course, he did. I don't know. I, I saw that movie that came out, and I wasn't overly impressed. Well, it was one of the lesser movies that Richard Gere did. Right. Well, you know, guys, I wanted, in the last segment, you had mentioned something I wanted to uh, address. You had stated that uh, your interests are primarily in the scientific pursuits of, of chasing, uh, basically, objects in the air, lights in the, in the sky, so to speak. You know, we've been doing that for over 70 years. Uh, have we gotten any further along the trail to finding out what exactly is happening? No. <laughs> you have a very valid point. I've heard it many times. I've said it myself that, uh, you know, for the time that ufology has been in existence, we're really not any further today than we were back then. Um, as a matter of fact, I was reading through some of the symposium proceedings from 1976, and I was much more impressed with what I read then than what I see now. There were very many respectable PhDs and scientists-type uh, individuals coming out to the symposiums and contributing their expert knowledge in, in the field of these sciences, and it was wonderful. And uh, today, it's, there's a lot more armchairing going on, and uh, you know, we've lost... I guess maybe that element, you know, having a very respectable, highly intelligent uh, type of investigation work being done. But we're also not seeing the cases that are so magnificent that we got back then either. Everything we, we investigate today is, I saw a light in the sky and it blinked away. There's nothing you can do with that, you know. Or I saw something land and, that, and there's no evidence of it. Or things like this, it's, it's much more challenging to get really worthy cases that would require, you know, such skill, I guess. Well, I, I knew Walt. Andrus. I knew Walt for quite a while. I, I got to be honest, I have very, very mixed feelings about the way Walt handled many, many things. MUFON, there's no getting around the fact that over the years, primarily in the past, they did some tremendous uh, work trying to bring the subject to the public. Now, with that being said, and taking the chance that I'm going to step on some toes how do you explain some of the speakers, for example, at the last symposium that had some of the most lunatic stories I ever heard, like going to Mars, okay, fighting a war there for 20 years, coming back and being put back into your own body, or traveling to Mars with Barack H. Obama, all right, uh, like some of these speakers have done. How could MUFON put those people on a public stage? He left out Ross Perot. He was there, too. I, you know, I, was, <laughs> I was there at the symposium in Las Vegas, and um, I go mostly to network. But, you know, MUFON has had its issues. You know, they're still trying to, you know, get the scientific study done. It's just that for a conference like that, I think um, Jan had spoken that he said it was trying to get a mixture of people, and, and he surely did, but... You know, you got to look at it from a, uh, a perspective. The, the symposium was probably one of the most well-attended ones in a long time. I think there were maybe a couple thousand people came through there. 
And that's a very high number for some of the symposiums that are out so there. What, so then what we're talking about is, is bringing in dollars and not the scientific pursuit, because that can be looked at as a double-edged sword. He's trying to do both, I think. You know, I'm not the head of MUFON, and, you know, I'm not a, a business degree guy, but I would say that money has to be a part of it. You have to, as a nonprofit, you have to survive. Um, some of it is entertainment. Um, I don't, you know, I don't buy any of the stuff uh, about, you know, the outlandish stuff that was said. But, you know, if it fills some seats and it gets other people to see something they want to see, it's it's maybe not the mission of MUFON, but it, it pays the bills. Um, but, you know, I the problem is, and I've experienced it myself, is it's really hard to get good scientific people that are still working to talk about anything they may know or want to investigate because they can get into a lot of trouble, and there's evidence of that. So, Well, not to beat a dead horse, but if you have a Ph.D. physicist coming in, to address the MUFON crowd, and he's right after some guy that's talking about going to Mars fighting an interplanetary war, you might understand why that Ph.D. Uh, might be reticent to uh, participate. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to say anything bad about MUFON because they're, they're, they're trying. It just seems like... Um, to really focus, and this goes back to what we talked about before, you know, with not having accomplished anything in 70 years, you know, with ufology, is that, you know, in the 70s, Ray Sanford was doing this with magnetometers and, and, and all the equipment needed to capture data that we forgot about. And when people talk about today, I won't mention any names, but saying you were doing, you know, scientific um, investigation of UFOs with all this great equipment for the first time ever, well, that's not true because he had recordings of uh, magnetometers, uh, gravimeters, and you know, just all kinds of data that I, I don't know how to interpret the data, but you know, it just shows that he was on to something, and when he went out with these devices and with the connections he had, he was able to film really good UFOs using this great equipment. And he was able to hit one with a laser, actually. Yeah, he, that's, a, that's a great story. <laughs> it's a great story. Uh, I don't know of anybody, any ufologist in the history of ufology, who had millions of dollars in grant money, had magnetometers, gravimeters, recording WWVB time code with anything that's found on the video, uh, and then being able to hit some, getting permission from the from the Air Force to hit an object with a laser that they're confirming on a radar as well. So he had all this data coming together as the most hard evidence. I mean, we can't even get that kind of good data today. And he's capturing it because they knew on the right track. They knew how to program the ELF frequencies, and they knew how to how to really optimize their um, their nodes in the ground because they've been at it for so long. Uh, we were trying so hard to get him in touch with the people today that are trying to accomplish the same thing, and for whatever reason. They won't talk to Ray. Is it possible one reason, I'm not going to start anything, some of the stuff he was doing in the early years with his brother may have left, you know, kind of a taste in the mouths of some people. We'll pursue yeah. that question in our next segment with Ben and Tony and Gene and Don. You're in the Paracast. 
Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own health care costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Ben and Tony, about the early history of Ray and Rex Stanford. Because I remember we thought of them as just contacty sympathizers in those years. And I remember that Jim Mosley and I worked in those years. And even later when I said, well, we have him on the Paracast. And he still remembered the early days, despite Sicaro. Yeah, what's interesting about Ray and Rex is, if, if for many people, they don't realize that they're identical twins. And uh, seeing pictures of them together is, is really interesting. His brother is into photography, funny enough. Um, you'd think that he'd be shooting things higher in the sky other than birds, but he's, he's really big into taking pictures of birds. And he's, uh, he's also a fellow at the university that he worked, worked at. Actually got fellowed twice, which is unusual. Anyways, he's very remarkable, but he's not into ufology anymore. He gave up after very early on. They wrote a book together called Look Up when they were about 17 or 18. They didn't make a single penny on it. And what I was trying to say earlier about when people try to look Ray up on the Internet and they start seeing negative things or things that they would interpret to be negative, many of them are false and not true. You know, he was accused of taking people's money for their, for predicting, for being a psychic. That's not true. He only did... The reptilian part is true. He's, he's a reptilian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the, I know reptilians that hang out in my neighborhood. I'm kidding. Well, that's why we like him, because we like reptilians. So anyways, there's a lot of untruths about him in the media, and he's lived so many lives, actually, and he's been there... I don't know anybody who's had whose job is, is a ufologist from the time that they were a teenager and were already written, I think, two books before they were 20. This is his life. This is what he's done day in and day out his entire life, pretty much. And then, yeah, now he's into you know paleontology. Just remarkable. So that's what I'm just trying to tell the listeners is, you know, whenever you see anything so outlandish as someone being a reptilian who's, you know, some kind of a lunatic psychic and things like this, you know, look at the guy's work, you know, and the, the work he did on Socorro Saucer and Pentagon Pantry should be a manual, a training manual for any ufologist getting into the field. Hey, when I was, when I was younger, I did some pretty dumb stuff that I wouldn't want out in the public. So, you know, we all, we all do things that we're not proud of at some point in our life. But, you know, Ray, uh, I think this whole paleontology thing is what's shown how observant he is and, and how detail-oriented he is. And uh, I was out there at Goddard when they, Dr. Lockerbie and him uh, did the presentation and unveiled the slab. And uh, it's just amazing. I mean, I can understand how Ray could see these things because his powers of observation are incredible. Um, there's a 2012 article in the Washington Post when a reporter went out dinosaur hunting with Ray. and They found mm-hmm. some dinosaur bones while they were out there. That's easily Googled. Yeah, so, you know, we kind of have learned a lot about how to go look for these things from Ray. And so we, we, know, we have a lot of devices we can take out. We could always use more. But we're going to areas that seem to be hot spots. And the mistake most people make is they film at night. We don't want to film at night because we won't get any data. So we'll film in the daytime. Uh, dusk and dawn is the best time when the light is polarized. And, and maybe it, it kind of makes these things a little bit more visible than even they think they are, because that seems to be when Ray has filmed them. But 
you know, the evidence that we've seen just tells me that there's an advanced technology that's operating in our atmosphere and has been for a pretty long time. Like, I couldn't tell you what it was, you know. I don't know if it's alien or interdimensional or time-traveling interdimensional aliens or, you know. It, it just, if somebody's coming here, it's 500 years ahead of us, that's one thing. If somebody's coming here and it's 500,000 years ahead of us, well, then it'd be like giving Da Vinci a cell phone and saying, you know, figure this out for me. It, it, he would never figure it out. You see, that's the thing I wonder about UFOs and what we see and whether what we see is what we get. And the reason is, assume we have a race of intelligences from another star system. They're not 500 years ahead of us. They're a thousand or two. Would we even be capable of recognizing their technology? Because even though so-called flying saucers or UFOs appear to represent advanced technology, it's not 2,000 years. If there's any linear progression there, we wouldn't even be able to recognize them as spacecraft or any kind of craft. Very likely, what we see is the best that we can to interpret it, or they're putting on a show for our benefit. That's um, a good assessment. <laughs> yeah, but, but the fact of the matter is, Gene, there, there are other possible explanations about where these things emanate from. As, as we've discussed a number of times. If it's extraterrestrial in the tradition that we think of it. But would, would interdimensional mean any less alien in the truest sense of the word, alien? Yeah, it still would be alien. If they're popping in from a fourth or fifth dimension, you know, and they can pop back out again, that's a dimension we can't see. And if, you know, even though string theory is still a string theory, still a theory, um, it does postulate anywhere from 10 to 20 dimensions, so maybe they're just vibrating on a different frequency. Maybe they inhabit the same space, but it's a different, it's a different reality for them. Um, but they would still be alien to humans. You know, anything that's not human is alien to me. It's just maybe you can classify it another way. Well, there's a recent article, I don't know if you read it or not, about quantum uh, theory with uh, dimensional uh, physics like that, where... You know how when you're looking for, for something, let's say you're looking for a, um, a white cap that fits on your soda soda bottle, and you're looking all over your desk, and you're looking for you can't find it, you can't find it, and then someone else walks in and finds it right in front of you. It's because it was blue the whole time. But your mind was looking for a white cap, but it was blue, right? But you didn't see it. So this article, just in a nutshell, basically is saying that we don't see those other dimensions because we're so focused on other things, so to speak. But it was interesting. We're looking down at our cell phones. Right. Well, you see, that's the reason why cell phones don't take UFO pictures, because today's cell phone, the best of the breed, and I'll rate Apple and Samsung doing the best cameras, and sometimes one is a bit better than the other, but they do decent pictures. Despite that, we don't see the photos. Now, they may not be good at capturing little lights in the sky and giving us detail. We expect that. But if the object or whatever it is is close enough, you'd think they would. But as you say, everyone is looking down at their smartphones. I mean, I go to today, I need a real cheap breakfast at some restaurant just to get by because it's I just moved. That's pretty crazy. And so I look for the dollar special. I sat down there with my iPhone and I realized everybody in that restaurant was doing the same thing with their smartphone. So if a UFO... Heck, if somebody tried to rob the restaurant and didn't make a lot of noise, they would not have seen it. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's right. True. That's right. Yeah, it's just that, um, 
you know, people, that's why sightings go up when it's warmer, because people are outside more, and they, they don't have as many when it's colder, but, you know, people are, it's kind of like what Ray said about his discovery, you know, you have these astrophysicists who are looking to the stars back in time, but Ray looked down on the ground at Goddard and looked back in time 156 million years and found footprints. Well, the thing also, people who dispute what Ray Stanford says or think he's just making it up, you look at the Washington Post, for example, and the stories written about his paleontology work, and that's amazing, just amazing. Ben, Tony, Gene, and Don, you're in the Paracast. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fully cooked, ready to eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready to eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready to eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, 
dollars, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue. Chris O'Brien, by the way, is at his new home in New York, and we'll hear from him again soon. Don Ecker graciously agreed to be the guest co-host again because he is a mensch. Okay. Can you spell that, though? Can I spell mensch? Yeah. I wrote you a letter and called you a mensch, right? Was that what that was? Okay. (laughs) M-E-N-S-C-H, okay? Just checking, Gene. Just checking. He's a mensch. I'll tell you the truth. Such a mensch. Ben Moss, Tony Angiola, wondering what the heck we're talking about. Or maybe not. Well, speaking about Rafe's paleontology work which is extraordinary in itself, brought to mind part of the conversation we had this past week with the Reverend Barry Downing. And one of the items, the topics we discussed was the possibility, the speculation that the human race, Homo sapiens sapien, was in fact guided, directed, perhaps manipulated by Ancient astronauts, extraterrestrials that came here many, many millennia ago and fiddled around with the human race. Did it happen? Well, we don't know. It's simply uh, speculation, a lot of high-level thinking guesswork. But, gentlemen, does that figure into your worldview with this topic? Have you entertained the idea that this is not a new phenomenon. This is actually a mind-boggling, incredibly old phenomenon that has been here with the human race for perhaps forever. Have you guys thought about that? And if so, what do you think about that? I think about it every day. It's actually the only thing I think about. I'm, I'm a strong believer that this has been going on well before we came along. 
uh, were probably most likely a product of some sort of manipulation and engineering along the way, like you mentioned. There's some really great books. Cremo, Michael Cremo, has out from South Africa from flying over that he found what he believes to be, I guess, ground zero of creation, which is really interesting based on some of the Zachariah Sitchin's work and whatnot. And also, I believe there's underwater bases, um, especially off the coast of Puerto Rico, by Florida, all the triangles around the world, possibly. And we mentioned, you guys were talking about earlier, underground bases, possibly near the mesas in Arizona, New Mexico, Mexico. And right off the coast by Santa Monica here in Southern California, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't know about that. I think that's been shown to be a natural formation. Um, no, 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 no. I'm not talking necessarily about the formation. Oh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, uh, what's that island right off of California? Catalina. Uh, Catalina. Lots of sightings from there. Absolutely. And off the coast of Texas as well. So I think there's a lot of stuff happening uh, in and out of our oceans, um, even underground pyramids probably, uh, although that's not provable. I've read all those books on underground bases and tunnels and hidden, you know, hidden alien bases. We can't prove any of that stuff. It's very possible. But I just think that because so many UFOs have come in and out of the, out of water, it's uh, you just, you know, Occam's razor. It, it, there's got to be something down there if they keep coming out of the ocean. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I think they're going to be here after we're gone too. Um, they they were here before. They'll be here after we're gone, and uh, they're everywhere. Does that does that help? <laughs> no, that that answered my question. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little more skeptical. So I just think that there, uh, you know, when you study ufology, you've got to you know study archaeology and history and religion and psychology and physics and all these other fields to try to get a handle on you know what is really a, probably one of the most interesting things we could possibly study, but. Um, it's funny because in my research, I found more evidence that a really bad thing happened about twelve to 15,000 years ago, and all the cultures recorded it in uh, such a way that they dug underground to get away from the surface of the planet because of either heat or something. But there was a really good book, it's hard to find, that I read called When the, planet, when the Earth Nearly Died 15,000 Years Ago. It was written by a couple of geologists who speculated that a supernova occurred and ejected some material that passed through our solar system and changed the spin of several moons of these planets that do spin in the counter opposite direction of what they should be spinning. And they showed that some type of evidence it seemed that a large body did pass through our solar system and caused a lot of changes and, you know, maybe further damaged Mars at the time. But um, it's interesting when you do study the phenomena that you touch on all these other things. You know, you try to figure out was there some type of genetic manipulation. If you well, you you just you just referred to something that Emmanuel Velikovsky wrote a book on that he was you know metaphorically crucified for worlds in collision. That was a great book. Yeah. So yeah. if if that's what you're referring to, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, the geologists that wrote when the Earth nearly died 15,000 years ago, they looked at these erratic boulders, they're called, where you have these rocks that are totally out of place, and they're massive, and they don't seem to be have, have been put in certain areas by glaciation and things like that. So um, it's interesting because all the cultures interpret things in a different way. The gods are angry or, you know, whatever. Um, and I think it was... Um, 
David Shock, is that name? No, uh, Robert Shock. Robert Shock, who postulated mm -hmm. that this event that happened melted the ice caps and that the discharges, um, which are very interesting, these plasma discharges look like the Nazi symbol, which is actually, you know, a, a symbol that meant good things before the Nazis took it. But these plasma discharges resemble the Nazi symbol. And the then there's you know, the swastika. And you have a lot of carvings from these ancient cultures, and Ray has some of them. They're in the shape of a, of a swastika, but they're 2,000 years old. I went off on a tangent there, but. <laughs> well, that's that's what the show is, is all about. Uh, it's a free flow of, of information. Well, Velikovsky was uh, a, a very, as a matter of fact, I did a rather extensive article on on him. And uh, Velikovsky was, was someone uh, who, as a matter of fact, could have actually been a ufologist. And what I mean by that is when he wrote his book, he was roundly lambasted by people like Howard Shapley, okay, who just did everything to destroy him without having read a single word of what Velikovsky wrote. Okay, and that's something that often happens in this field, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, that happens a lot. Stan Friedman's been great at pointing out that, um, you know, when he's debated some of these people, that they don't know what they're talking about. And, um, you know, if you want to debunk ufology, you, sh you certainly should know the history of ufology. There's a lot of people that make mistakes in the field because they don't understand um, some of the you know basic things that have happened. When people say there's not been any proof, I think there's been proof of something very unusual going on that we could say is maybe non-human, but a lot of people don't know the history of ufology, and that's why some of these older cases, you, you don't want to beat Roswell to death, but it's good to know some of these older cases because if you don't remember your history, you know, you're doomed to repeat it. So we shouldn't be reinventing ufology every year. We should be moving down the road of more science, more scientific equipment and since i guess part of our goal is since we're not scientists you know if we can get the data on various types of devices um you know the electromagnetic spectrum the radiation spectrum everything that these things are producing for propulsion then we can have somebody that's qualified figure out what the data means we don't want to be experts in physics but we can surely find maybe somebody that would be able to tell us what's going on Providing you have anybody with enough wherewithal to be willing to enter the fray. And uh, as we all know, and I certainly have seen this many, many times over the years, uh, you associate yourself with this topic and suddenly you become persona non grata. That's just the way it works. What works now is to pause. A pause that refreshes. We have Ben, Tony, Don, and Gene. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code 
legendary to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. This is Dan Pilla. Do you have the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. (laughs) 
So we have Don Ecker as guest co-host again. I'm Gene Steinberg. Ben Moss and Tony Angiola join us from Virginia, friends of Ray Stanford. By the way, I realize here we're talking to two people together here, and maybe people don't recognize the difference in voices. Nobody confuses me with Don or anybody on this planet. Ben, say a word or two so our listeners recognize you again. I'm the one on the left. <laughs> I would take me the one on the right. Tony has a deeper, more, I guess, nasally voice, and I have a kind of a, I guess, a higher pitch. So this is Ben. I'm accused of being a surfer in California. <laughs> That's what people say about me. Still say, hey, dude, a lot. I used to say that all the time. <laughs> hey, dude. Be like, dude. No, it's more like, oh, dude, sup. Uh, big, sup, dude. Great. Yeah. Greatest movie, Big Lebowski, highly recommend it. The dude approves. <laughs> I will not even attempt to figure that out. We're too busy trying Sam to figure Elliott, out. Sam Elliott, I love Sam Elliott. Oh, my Lord, he was great. Yeah, he is a good actor. The Lonesome Cowboy. I'm a big Jeff Bridges fan, too. I've watched his career for a long time, and he's just an excellent actor. Starman. Starman, yeah, yeah. I, the Big Lebowski is one of my favorite movies because it's you know it's just well written and funny. But uh, I'll tell you guys, you want to see a movie that will knock you on your heels, okay? And it has the added benefit of being associated with this topic. As a matter of fact, I just up on on my radio fan page, the Dark Matters Radio fan page on Facebook, I put a short little article review on this film, and I, I highly recommend anybody that hasn't seen it to see it. It's called The Objective, and it's the immediate aftermath of the events following 9-11, the 9-11 attacks, where the Central Intelligence Agency and a, uh, you know, got data from an American spy satellite that seemed to show the possibility of nuclear material in the mountains of Afghanistan. And the CIA sent in an officer with a special forces team to track this down and uh, what transpired after they entered this area. And let me just say one word that should uh, resonate with everybody uh, one of the things they think they found were Vimanas. And uh, my heaven, what a, what, a, what a movie, what a story. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out, The Objective. Definitely. I'll look it up as we continue with this. Let me ask you a question, Ben and Tony, because we kind of hinted at it, like, for example, whether the Cash Landrum object was an attempt at reverse engineering alien technology. And by the way, Rick Doty believes that. I don't know if you guys know who Rick Doty is. Oh, yeah. Richard. Yeah. We're, there's not much we don't know about you follow. Not to brag, but I read everything. And, uh, you know, I've seen all the documentaries, and so has Tony. So we're pretty well versed in, in the history of ufology. Well, Rick Doty is probably the one of the curious or more curious guests we've had in the Paracast. I worked on him to get him on the show for over 10 years. Wow. And finally got him on just a few weeks ago. But it was really, really touch and go for a while. And then he seemed to like it. So maybe we'll get him back. Maybe we'll have him on with Walter Bosley. 
two former AFOSI agents pitted against one another. That will be fascinating. All right, so Cash Landrum Craft, possible reverse engineered effort. I don't know. I kind of think that alien technology would be so far advanced, we still couldn't make head or tails. Maybe get the scientist from Independence Day. You know, the guy who played Data on Star Trek Generations. Get him to do it. He'll figure it out. Now, seriously speaking here, how much in the early days of UFO field do you think did involve something in terms of test aircraft? All right. Well, yeah, there's a lot. Well, let's start. There's Socorro. There's that one. No, he's talking about <laughs> what, which ones we test. Yeah. Oh, which ones? That, uh, we're, we're test that aircraft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, test aircraft? Jeez, I don't know, man. There was uh, so many cases. Well, there's a lot. Of, you know, the the, uh, the B-1 bomber, when that was flown in secret, it was mistaken. Stealth aircraft have been mistaken. The interesting thing to do, and we've we've done we've done it. We need to do more of it. Is to apply new technology to old film and photographs. And there's uh, the Trent photo is a, is a classic. You know, Ray had done work on that, and we replicated it. Um, if you look at the famous Trent photograph, there's some type of downflow under that thing in the original picture. And when you do just contrast a little bit, there's clearly a a vortex underneath that craft. And it is a little bit further away in the second picture. I don't buy for a second that that thing was hanging from a telephone wire, but it's one of the most famous pictures in McMinnville uh, old days. But the, they the, the heat. Yeah, and when the thing tilted towards them, the Trent said it tilted towards them, they were hit with a blast of heat. And if that was some type of plasma or something, that would make sense. The thing that's interesting about that case is nobody would have thought to do that if they hoaxed that photograph. Nobody would have thought to put this this very obvious vortex that emanates from the bottom of the craft all the way to the ground like a, like a tornado. Um, but it appears to be some type of function of propulsion. So there's that other famous picture, I can't remember, it's Brazil or Argentina, of a white missile-shaped object crossing the sky with a big trail behind it. And it looks human, but it's from 52. It's got no stabilizing fins or anything on it. This, the exhaust out the back doesn't look like a typical propulsion engine, but in the photograph, it's going over a river, and in the river is a pretty clear reflection of the craft. Another thing that I don't think a hoax would think of. So there is evidence of these really weird things flying around, but it's really hard to say where they came from or if they were test aircraft. I know that there's a former director of MUFON, James Carrion, he wrote a book called The Rosetta Deception, suggesting the ghost lights were something to spook the Russians. And he was, I guess, supposed to do a book called The Roswell Deception, but doesn't seem to have ever finished it. What's your perception? And as much as he's a former MUFON guy. On what, on Roswell? On, on the ghost lights, ghost oh, rockets. That- that was in Sweden, right? Um, I don't, you know, I don't buy that theory. I think that the one photograph that was said to be a meteorite um, could be, the, the, but I think Lincoln La Paz, the meteorite specialist, saw the ghost saw the ghost rockets um, when, and I think they were happening in, in New Mexico at the time also. Um, so I think that was maybe a uh, an event, you know, just a a meteorite event or maybe 
maybe a lot of them. Um, I don't know if that was anything unusual. It might have just been some unusual natural phenomena. You mean like lightning bullet? No, these were these were look like rockets, basically. Um, there were a lot of cases in Sweden, I know, where these things seemed to fall in the water, but they couldn't find them. Uh, so without great photographs, really no photographs of those objects, they're just stories, and it's really hard to get anything else out of them. But General uh, Doolittle, Jimmy Doolittle, did go over there in 46 or 47 to investigate that. And I, I think it's highly unlikely the government, the American government, would have sent him over there at the very tail end of the Second World War if something wasn't, in fact, being, uh, being seen and sighted over there. Yeah, I think there was something unusual was occurring, and we certainly were interested in it. I just, there doesn't seem to be enough data to support that you make a conclusion one way or another. I mean, if there was footage or multiple photographs, but I've only seen one or two photographs of the object, and with the amount of times it supposedly occurred, it seems like somebody else would have taken some pictures. Maybe they're just not public. Yeah, it's kind of like the Foo Fighter phenomenon. There are a few that that came out uh, at after the war was over, but uh, a lot of, of bomber pilots in in those bomber streams when they were still in the process of of dropping bombs all over Germany, uh, they were encountering something, and uh, those records were classified at the time. And some of them, of course, later on were released. But, uh, yeah, there was something very, very... Well, you know, it's true, guys. I mean, let's, let's take a look at it. I'll uh, tell you, history. before we take a look at that, let's take a look at this. Ben Moss, Tony Angiola, Don Ecker, Gene Steinberg, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo Tote Bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You see, you've taken a look at it. I don't know. Don, why don't you continue? Yeah, you know, at at, uh, the end of the war, of course, uh, Allied bomber pilots, and not only the Allies, but also the, uh, the Axis pilots were witnessing strange phenomenon in the air. Now, there have been many stories that have come out at the end of the war about things like der Glock, the bell, okay, a secret project that nobody really knows what the, what the Germans were working on. Been a lot of speculation, but things were being seen. Things were happening, unexplainable things, even today, all these years later. But the point that I wanted to bring up is that whatever the phenomenon is, has always taken an inordinate amount of interest in areas where human conflict is ongoing. It happened in uh, the Second World War. It happened again all over the Korean Peninsula during the Korean conflict. It happened in Vietnam and later on in the Gulf during the Gulf War unexplained objects were being seen and later in Iraq and Afghanistan, perhaps even Syria. So what do you guys think about that? Have you ever taken a look at any of this and uh, come to any conclusions? Well, there's not much to look at. You know, there's not a lot of evidence in that regard, but we are friends with a former mayor of a small town in Virginia who was, uh, was it, was it Korea? I think it was. Korea, Korea. Yeah. And he was uh, guarding, he was doing some duty, ground duty, uh, guarding as a gunner, basically. His, his job was to, to shoot any enemy, you know, planes that entered their airspace. So on this one particular day, I think it was near, the, later later in the day, probably. It's on the border. Near, yeah, on the border. This, this bright, glowing, magnificent plasma, you know, orangey, reddish orange, like, like the color of the sun, so to speak comes flying overhead and stops and then makes a right angle turn and stops again and then it just takes off and he was blown away he runs into the to the radar booth to see if they actually caught on radar it wasn't there he didn't tell anybody for a while talked to his buddy at a bar later and told him and his buddy's suggestion was don't tell anybody or you're going to be scrubbing toilets for a while so it was very much a hush-hush thing you know back back in the day and to hear him tell the story, you can almost, you know, see the hairs on his arm just standing up, you know. So it's things like that when you get, um, you know, really respectable people telling some amazing stories about things that they witnessed. That when it comes to his, such a historical case like you're mentioning with Foo Fighters and things in the war, where you don't really have that direct evidence to look at, it's all you have is their testimony. So, you know, you want someone who's highly credible and sane at the same time. 
Well, there's very, very little direct evidence on any of this, if you get right down to it, uh, other than, for the most part, other than testimony, witness testimony. Uh, the government has always been stingy on releasing any records, documents, radar tapes, or anything else about this phenomenon. It's not to say that it's never happened. It has, but uh, very rarely. Yeah, I have a theory on the whole. Uh, Foo Fighters has a little bit more evidence. There's uh, several pictures. There is some footage. Uh, you know, Foo Fighters were one of two things. They were these plasma-type balls that we could actually fly through, and they were these dull gray metallic-looking spheres that there's a few photographs of. But, you know, I think that if if there's a civilization watching us, a good reason to watch us is because we're starting to travel space and we're still killing each other. So one of the things they would do is have a great interest in being uh, close to watch all of our wars. So uh, a history of UFOs during wartime would make sense if they're kind of keeping an eye on us just to understand the behavior and you know probably try to figure out why we're still acting this way and make sure we don't get out too far into space without a heads up. I mean, that if they're here, that would be a good reason to be here. It's because they got to watch the small children in the outer edges of the Milky Way galaxy that are misbehaving. I was well, I mean, let, me, let me ask a question, because what you just said kind of sparked something in my mind. Over the last 25, 30 years, uh, I've engaged in various conversations with many people regarding uh, the intentions of the quote-unquote space brothers, okay? Something that, that I've always had a problem with. Uh, just from our own history, we can take a look and, and look at any civilization on this planet that had their explorers, their explorer class, people that were willing to go out and see what, what was on the other side of the hill or the other side of the ocean. And by very the very nature of that, they were aggressive, had to be. I mean, look at what happened when Columbus ended up discovering the so-called New World, okay? Uh, and we've seen that play out in the news in the last couple of years with today's additional social consciousness. Now, is it naive to believe that... Uh, if, in fact, there are ETs out there, that's what we're talking about, extraterrestrials, that they would be any less aggressive exploring the cosmos. We have no idea what's out there, and chances are uh, the way they operate, it's probably not a heck of a lot different than the way we've operated right here on the planet. Uh, what What do you feel about that? Do you think these so-called space beings would be any less aggressive or their motives would be any less than what we've uh, demonstrated as human beings? I think that looking at ourselves and seeing both good and bad on our planet, there's probably good and bad everywhere, right? I think that whatever is watching us must be good because we're still alive. <laughs> you know, otherwise we'd be conquered already, you know? So, or they, they don't want to mess up the roast, okay, before it's done. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's two ways to look at that. <laughs> Reference the Twilight Zone episode to serve man. <laughs> right. 
I think that if they, you know, they're, I guess, you know, it's almost like with the Drake equation. Um, part of that equation might be if you're trying to figure out whether they're going to be good or bad. If a civilization survives its own atomic age and its own, you know, beating on each other to travel space, then maybe they're more enlightened and they're more compassionate and they're just observing and they have a prime directive not to interfere or to maybe interfere if things are going really bad. But it also assumes you survive your class, you know, if, if, um, if the supernova uh, caldera in the Midwest blows, you know, that might end all civilization. So there's a lot of things you got to survive to be able to travel space. And we only know if we're going to survive ourselves before we get out of the solar system. It's, you know, as Hawkins would say, it's, it's not a good bet right now. So the other thing I wanted to just mention was that kind of like what we're doing, if, if there's a civilization coming here from a good distance away and they've maybe figured out the speed of light, but it still takes some time. Most of these things that are coming could just be uh, mechanical, uh, synthetic, or maybe grown or clones or something to survive, you know, a lot long times in space, like we do. You know, we're sending robots to Mars, but we're not sending people yet. So the further out you go, the more you might be sending not quite sentient beings or maybe created beings or robots or things like that. And a lot of these UFO cases seem to be so bizarre that that's what they're dealing with, some type of machine that can think for itself, maybe as AI, but still a machine. We're going to have another machine that plays commercials. We're going to try it right now. But first, let me remind you there's a way to escape some of those commercials, and that's by signing up for the Paracast Plus. To get more information about it, go to plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. Prices start at just $1.49 a week. We also offer annual and even lifetime subscription packages. And we give you the version of this show free of the network ads, plus the After the Paracast podcast and other goodies. Ben, Tony, Gene, Don, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. 
But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I'm not joking, by the way, about the way the commercials are handled on the Paracast, okay? Not joking at all. That's what happens. What happens is... Physically, they have, it's not a cart machine, a computer that plays commercials. Did you even care about that? I was wondering why you were coming right back. <laughs> well, you see, the people who actually, this is an interesting point. As you know, this is a commercial radio show. We have them inserted later on by the network. That's their processing. We submit 12 files. Did you really want to know this? We submit 12 files. And they integrate it with the batch of commercials that are done. Except if you don't like commercials. If you don't like commercials, you can always order up 
Paracast Plus at plus.thepowercast.com. You'll learn more information. We have Don and Ben and Tony joining us this week, talking about a wide variety of subjects related to UFOs. Don, you want to follow up? Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, you are familiar, I am positive, sure, of the Fermi paradox, right? Yep. Okay, uh, Enrico Fermi, uh, one of the uh, fathers of the hydrogen warhead, back in the very early 50s, was having lunch and uh, with, some, with some pals, some buddies, other physicists, scientists. And one of the, at that time, top news stories on the radio, uh, because this was actually a little before commercial TV was uh, all the rage across the country, was flying saucers. A lot of flying saucer reports were being reported in the news and on the radio and in newspapers, and they were chatting about that. And Fermi came up with a very fascinating question. Well, if it's real, where are they? Now, he sat down and calculated, even at sublight speed, okay, the age of our galaxy, okay, the Milky Way, which... They figured around 8 billion years. If uh, there were cultures that, that developed some type of star flight, they could have, over the course of just several million years, several million years as opposed to billion, they could have colonized throughout the entire galaxy. Now, there's absolutely no evidence that that happened. And uh, we've been running SETI searches, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence radio uh, SETI. We've been looking for over 60 years and have not yet detected anything for sure. Oh, there have been a couple of, uh, couple of blips, but they've never been repeated, which the SETI scientist says has to be done. So... Another theory was then developed. What if there is a race or a uh, society of extraterrestrials that are xenophobic to the point where if they discover a civilization on the rise to prevent any possible future repercussions, they'll wipe it out. Now, ha! You think about that, that's, that's frightening. Uh, have you guys ever considered that? Have you ever taken a look at anything like that? Well, when you start looking at the, the bigger picture, and the, the paradox is certainly that, you know, I, I think uh, that was 1954, I believe, or 52, that he came out with that. I think there's more evidence now that we're dealing with a lot of planets. There's, what, 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy, but we think there could be up to 2 trillion galaxies. So if life isn't, you know, isn't quite as tenacious as we think, it surely would make sense that they might miss us or they might have come, but nobody's accepting the evidence they've come here. So I don't know, um, you know, if they're extremely advanced and they have some kind of prime directive, they could be all around us all the time, and we wouldn't know it because the technology would be such that they could do that. So when, The cloaking device. Exactly, or something maybe, you know, slip into a fourth dimension and be right there beside you but not interacting with you because they're on a different vibrational plane or an energy plane. Um, 
you know, once you start digging into string theory, which I have, it gets really weird, you know, with um, quantum entanglement and all of that. Um, there's so many weird things that could happen. It just seems like uh, the Fermi paradox might not be accurate because we don't know what intelligent extraterrestrial life would look like. We can speculate it. Um, what's interesting is they, they seem to have two arms and two legs, and people say that that wouldn't be true. But I think it might be a, a way that life evolves on certain types of planets. But I always recall a very neat Star Trek The Next Generation episode I saw where there was this great secret in the universe and the Klingons and the humans and all the races were trying to get to this planet with this knowledge. And when they got there, the Klingons were kind of ticked off to find out they were related to humans. But the secret knowledge was that this race um, grew, evolved, and got to travel the stars. And when they traveled the stars, there was nobody there, nobody anywhere. They were the first. So they seeded all the planets, thus the relationship between all the species and the reason they all look alike. I thought that was a pretty unique idea, but, you know, who knows? All right, so, but that would be almost our image of God, because he created us, or well, she, or whatever. You know, if, if the legends of the Bible, and I don't want to tick off any religious people, but if the Bible is a not very advanced civilization trying to describe a very advanced civilization visiting us, you could substitute angels and gods for aliens and maybe different species i'm not saying that's the case but if it was the case then you know maybe we've been guided in a way that we you know genetically and it's just such a deep uh you know when you look at the science there is a big gap between when our brain i think was 12 1200 cc's and went to 1800 cc's i believe that's close but there is a genetic gap as to why our brains grew and not through evolution in a very short period of time became, you know, we became much more intelligent, kind of, you know, as Kant would say, I think, therefore I am, where you become really aware. I heard one scientist, by the way, try to explain that. You know what his explanation was? No. We started eating meat. <laughs> The time frame involved would not have happened through evolution. I've seen that part of the science where it says that it couldn't have been evolution. There's just a mystery. And look at all the species we're finding, you know, the hobbit species, the, the various, you know, Neanderthals and the uh, Denisovians, which seem, you know, were very interesting species. That could be what the, what the um, Bigfoot is, a very powerful creature that they say would be better than any athlete we've ever had because they were big and strong and had to survive. But Look at how many species. Um, it's like with I'm fascinated that all dogs come from the wolf. That just is unbelievable that every dog in the world is related to the wolf. That's I just think of my dog, Teddy Bear, the white furry <laughs> thing. You're a wolf, Teddy Bear. He's not here now, but that's where it is. We're going to do this break, and then we're going to talk about dogs again. It's a dog's life. I like my dog. He's fun. He's wacky. Well, anyway, we have Tony and Don, Ben, Jean, mixing it up there. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hear that? 
That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. faketv.com Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST33 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, Text BEST33 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-33 to 443-443. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach. The dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. With uncertain times in the United States, it's only prudent to consider storing precious metals in a safe place outside of our borders. At Miles Franklin Limited, we have done just that for you. Partnered with the most respected storage company in the industry, Miles Franklin Limited is proud to offer the only fully insured private safe deposit box system in North America held in Vancouver and Toronto. Send us your previously purchased precious metals or have one of our brokers help you purchase something new. Questions? Please call one of our experienced brokers at 866-485-4346. Solid foundational storage partnered with the most respected name in security. That's Miles Franklin Limited. Celebrating our 29th year in business without ever receiving a customer complaint. Call us at 866-485-4346. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Limited, a name you can trust.
Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. So is this really a dog's life? Well, we were talking before the break about the humanoid figure, which seems to be, at least if you believe the UFO field, it seems to be the most common type of entity described by people who claim to have seen entities. Two arms, two legs, one head, etc. Now, Dogs are another amazing creature. By the way, there's nobody on the planet any more dog-loving and dog-friendly than my wife and I. We love dogs. Now, dogs are an amazing creature. They say a dog is the only creature that will love you more than he loves himself. And if that's true, oh boy. But they came initially, their uh, genetic markers state, they came from wolves. Now, wolves are a fascinating creature, a social creature, and and not many people would try to domesticate a wolf. But dogs somehow were domesticated. Now, there was a scientist in Canada, and this was a, uh, a scientific article I read probably eight or ten years ago that theorized that if, if you're friendly enough to accept the idea that human beings, homo sapiens sapiens, may have been genetically manipulated by something, that dogs were also genetically manipulated from a wolf. Now, I always found that concept to be absolutely fascinating. Take a look at how we human beings have manipulated dogs. I mean, we have dogs like the Newfoundland dog, which can reach over 200 pounds. And I'm just using the physical characteristics all the way down to a chihuahua that uh, somebody like Paris Hilton can put in her purse. Okay. Now, Basically, it's exactly the same creature. And the one thing about dogs that we all know, they're loving, they're loyal. It's everything we would want in a creature that we keep with us. And and many, many, many people, in fact, keep dogs. But what do you think about the concept that someone may have been beneficial enough to create a companion for humankind, and it's something that most of us would never even consider. I think that maybe wolves, uh, you know, it's hard to say how they started to become, uh, you know, one wolf could have just been lonely and and come near humans and got domesticated. I could see that happening if it needed food or something, but, you know, we have 2% Neanderthal blood, so we were messing with Sasquatch a long time ago. it's just, it could have just been their promiscuous, you know, you have to still explain the genetic uh, splinter, but it's, it's hard to say. I mean, when, when they broke down the DNA, uh, sequence of DNA, and they said that 90% of it was junk, that just tells me that 90% of it we haven't figured out yet. And you, you, who knows what all those codes say, because DNA is like a computer program. And um, once we break out what we call junk now, which probably has some type of function, maybe we can track back to where these genetic manipulations occurred or how they occurred. 
Well, do you think that dogs, in fact, could have been also genetically manipulated? You know, I, I don't know enough about the science. I've read about you know where cats and dogs came from. Um, I know all cats came from the big cats, and those are excellent pets also. I've had both at the same time. But the, um, the genetic history is beyond my uh, pay grade. Uh, you know, I guess if they break down the genetics of wolves, they can kind of explain that. Um, and I know that breeders definitely breed dogs to be a certain way. You know, when dogs were bred to hunt rats and, you know, um, swim in the water, the adaptation is incredible. When I was in Colorado once, I never forget this German shepherd that lived on the top of a mountain and it looked like a bear. It just had grown so much hair. It had hair all over its feet that it looked like it had shoes on. But the body had just adapted to the colder weather and, and made this thing grow a lot more hair than you think uh, a German Shepherd would grow. And it didn't look like a German Shepherd. So I wouldn't underestimate the power of the genes to, uh, to do that without some type of interference, um, especially in something like maybe it's easier for a dog than it is for human species. But, you know, it's all speculation. I think the only thing we can do is look at the science right now to see what's going on. But when they say this, 90% of our DNA is junk, that just means they, they don't know what it does yet. Now, for example, our dog, Abishon, amongst his other characteristics, he is bred not to smell like a dog, if you get my point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has to be pretty dirty before he smells like a dog. So this is something that my well, he's wife... He's much bigger than a second, is he? Huh? He's not much bigger than a second. Well, he's he weighs 21 pounds because he's an oversized Bichon with long <laughs> legs. A little tiny guy. And he's also, he, he kind of scurries around in a flash when he gets excited. And he has this habit, and it's funny to see it. And he just has to be in the right mood. But he's really fascinating. The other thing, of course, is to show affection, he'll rub his back against my leg. Or to apologize when he does something that he shouldn't do. We should maybe, maybe I should create a video, I work with Chris or someone, of Teddy Bear in action and stick it up on the Paracast Plus. I've got a Sheltie dog and a Cocker Spaniel. And that Sheltie should be apologizing all the time, but he doesn't. So I guess he has, he has my wife and I figured out. They really do. Humans can learn a lot from our animal friends. If you pay attention to them. And, you know, with Teddy Bear, you'll say something to him that he can't possibly understand, and he cocks his ear <laughs> and looks at you. So you know there's something going on in that brain that we can't understand. But he's got you pegged. He knows exactly what's going on. If my wife gets mad at me, he doesn't want to see it. He doesn't like any arguing, so he'll stick his head under the bed. <laughs> see, he has a right to argue with you and bark at you, but nobody else. So there. Yeah, I had a cat, a short story, but my cat and I bonded. It lived to be 22, but I'm sitting on my couch and I uh, lived by myself, and my cat kept looking at the front door. And uh, I didn't hear a thing. 
So I went and looked through the people, and there was a guy trying to open my door. So I went back. I, I have a concealed carry permit, and I pulled out my forty-five and I put it up against the door, and I chambered around. And the guy's got eyes got real big, and he ran up the steps, and I never saw him again. But my cat alerted me to a possibly, you know, before a bad situation occurred. And there's so many stories about animals doing that, rescuing families. The pig that laid down in the road uh, when the when he couldn't get the uh, the owner up, and the house was on fire. And there was a cat that found a gas leak that brought the firemen to the gas leak. I mean, it's amazing what some of these creatures seem to do. They have more compassion than some of the people on this planet. Well, that's certainly something to know about there. We could learn so many things from our animal friends. I agree with that. And I think any... Now, I have relatives. My sister-in-law, for example, does not like dogs, mostly because her son is handicapped and he's afraid. And that makes it difficult. On the other hand, I kind of think that if he got used to dogs, he'd probably advance a great deal. Because there's so much we can learn from that. Anyway, why we are talking to this subject, maybe dogs are from outer space. They're sent here to watch over us, but we don't listen to them. That's a stupid theory. I just invented it. It would be a nice theory, though. The dogs from outer space. Well, it's as good as any other theory right now, I guess. Yeah, we got more to come. One more segment with Gene and Don. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. 
You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11, through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror, and now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at killingunclesambook.com. killingunclesambook.com. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. About six months ago, my wife bought Extendivite. She didn't tell me she was giving it to me. So after about three days, I said, maybe, you know, maybe the weather's changed or something. I said, my, my, my legs feel really good. And she goes, well, I've been giving you this stuff, and it was the Extendivite. And you know that I'm about 75% better. I can actually climb stairs now, and I can get up out of chairs. I can, I can even get down, and, you know, I got to work under a table or a computer table and work on a computer. I can actually get back up off the floor. You know what? It's an amazing product. I can't believe, I didn't think anything short of having surgery was going to help. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Ben Moss, Tony Angiola, Gene Steinberg, Don Ecker is our guest co-host. Having an interesting time here, just talking about lots of good stuff. You know, lots of interesting, fascinating stuff that we're going on about here. And, you know, of course, these gentlemen are traditional. I guess I'll call you both of you traditional UFO researchers. Is that kind of the right thing to say? Depends how you define traditional. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, the emphasis on ET. What we don't want to do is, uh, is speculate without evidence. I mean, you're going to do it anyway off the record, but... You know, we, we see too often, you know, people in, in injecting their own opinions. It's aliens. Yeah, it's aliens. Everything's aliens. Injecting their own opinions a little bit too strongly without evidence, and we try not to do that. Yeah, when you start talking about hybrids and reptilians and all, you know, it's just, you're moving away from the science. You have to really get to the point where we are applying science, and, you know, if we capture any of this stuff with any of our devices, you'd be certainly, uh, unlike the Roswell Slides fiasco, we would want to present it. Um, to the public in a way that, you know, we can put the information out on the Internet and let anybody analyze the data. Um, there's some photographs we're trying to get a hold of that we would do the same thing for, you know, let people have at it. But I think that if we just got back to the basics, if ufology got back to the basics, in this field you have to focus more on, like, we're trying to focus on things that are flying in the water and in the sky. We don't want to focus on abductions or implants, or Bigfoot, or ghosts, although we did a ghost investigation. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the, only the things that, you know, we think we're good at because there's so much disinformation out there. There's so much CGI. There's so much fake news. The two of the Stars Academy, they're trying to do the right thing, but I think they're being led down the path of disinformation and, and being fed some those videos that came out. You know, the Pentagon denied releasing them, and they don't really show much. There's no data there. They're, they're infrared. And in infrared, you get hot and cold, and you don't get much else. I don't see but any- yet, yet, in the 30 years that I've been involved in this field, and I have dealt with individuals from just about every aspect that you can imagine would be affiliated with this, from the military to NASA and on and on. The bottom line is, for 30 years Elements of the United States government have gone out of their way to dismiss and ridicule this subject. Yet, last year, toward the end of the year, for the first time ever, elements of the United States government, by a former senator of that government, Harry Reid, came forward and admitted that there were military investigations conducted on this primarily because of those videos that DeLong and and the others in the To the Stars Academy were instrumental in getting released. Now, when it comes to disinformation, you're thinking Louis Elizondo, the former government guy, is responsible? No, here's the thing. One of the key things that came out was Louis said that the investigative arm of the military was still ongoing. And they said it had terminated. So that was a blatant lie right there by the government. No, those videos were available. One was available, I think, in 2011. One was available in 2014. So these are not new videos. There's much better videos out there. I'm just saying that if they could be getting fed information that can be proven to be nothing later on as a kind of disinformation tactic, if you read their white papers, there's no money earmarked for UFO investigation. It seems to be a money-generating company. And, you know, maybe their heart's in the right place, and a few of the people there are trying to unlock the secrets. But when I see money attached to ufology, because uh, we're all poor studying this field, I, I get a big red flag, you know. And, and when people are making big incomes and selling stock in a company that's not really going to investigate UFOs, but they purport to do that, I got a problem with that. And these videos are old videos. They're not that new. And they've been out in the public for a while. And the Pentagon came out and said, we did not release those videos. And one of them, when I started to look into it, was I think Alessandro had released it through a D-form back channel that who knows where that came from. Um, they, they were good. The, the point that they got it out in the public is great. But I was just rereading how it blooms out there. And in 1987, he discovered a UFO working group at the Pentagon. Um, So we've been down this road before. It's not something new. You know, if you look at some of the old footage from the military in the 40s, it was either Eisenhower or Truman. I'm not great with presidents. But when asked about UFOs, he said, oh, that's the first thing we talk about at every meeting that we have, the executive branch. I mean, this stuff has been going on. And I I agree with you, uh, Don, that the government has clamped down on it. I think it's classified above top secret. I think they know a lot of things. But I think it's, you know, it is in a way, uh, you know, if you dig too deep on this thing, you can hit a hard brick wall. It could be dangerous in some aspects. If there's disinformation involved, though, to what purpose? To discredit the whole release from those guys, to discredit the Pentagon study. They can come back later and go, that was a video of a balloon we flew. You know, the thing that killed me was they 
when they came out with the two videos, they had the wrong audio. They had one audio while showing a video that was not attached to that video. That told me that somebody didn't do their homework correctly when they released the videos when the audios didn't match up to what we were seeing on the film. And the second thing is that they aren't that great. I mean, you have the pilots going, gee whiz, oh my God, but they probably say that a lot. I mean, I've seen a video of them flying by what looked like a rock in the air, and as the pilots are talking to each other, he goes, what, what was that? He goes, it looks like a rock, and it's not moving. It's sitting at 10,000 feet. That's much more fascinating to me than these infrared videos that were released. This is interesting here because both Don and I were going to say the same thing at the same time, something about being between a rock and a hard place. How can that happen without synchronicity? I don't know, but but I'll tell you what, love him or hate him, Harry Reid was a force in the U.S. Congress. And you're right, guys, follow the money. What I found fascinating was all the usual suspects, once again, popped up. Robert Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace, was involved in this investigation. Now, it's no secret. For anybody that's been following along and and checking the headlines that Bigelow has had an inordinate interest in the UFO topic forever. Today, how many people are aware it was Bob Bigelow that originally financed Art Bell when Art Bell left satellite radio and political talk to begin Coast to Coast? He's always had an interest in it. He's trying to find out what in the heck is behind the curtain. And here is Harry Reid talking publicly about being instrumental in financing a UFO investigative effort. I wonder just how much money Bigelow donated to Harry Reid. And I know that information is publicly available. All the usual suspects. Follow the money trail. Where was Mark Felt when we needed him? Oh, he's dead. That's deep throat. Anyway, we're just about out of time. Ben Moss, tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you and Tony do, and you can announce it separately. Where do they check you out? Well, we're, we have a website, www.mufonvaforvirginia.com. Um, we've been writing articles. We talk about our investigations. We have investigations on there. Um, you can always see us on season two of the, uh, the History Channel's Hangar One. We're on a couple of uh, episodes of that. And uh, when lives up in New Mexico, we're going to Socorro. Yeah, we'll be in Socorro in a couple of weeks. Uh, on the 23rd of April, we're doing some interviews there, and uh, we'll be at ground zero for that. And we're going to probably try to tie up the four years we spent investigating Socorro and do a, put it together in a documentary. Don Ecker, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Friday evenings and Saturday evenings on KGRA Radio. KGRA Radio. Dark Matters Radio airs from 5 to 7 Pacific Time, from uh, 8 to 10 Eastern on KGRA. If you want to find out more about us, find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Facebook, too. Paracast channels. We also have a YouTube channel now. And, of course, a few people on YouTube say, commercials, commercials. And every time they do that, I say, Paracast Plus, Paracast Plus. We offer a version of the show free of the network ads, better quality audio, the After the Paracast podcast, which is always exciting, all that good stuff. And it costs you just $1.49 a week, a little bit less than a cup of coffee at Circle K or 7-Eleven. All right? Plus.theparacast.com for more information. Plus.theparacast.com. 
Ben and Tony, thank you both for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Enjoyable conversation, guys. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. Thank <laughs> you.